Listening to Scott Wetzel will give you a bad taste in your mouth. You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Welcome to Bagels and Bad Beats with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, on this Friday glorious morning, June 12th. Yours truly sitting in for the next two hours, taking your phone calls at 844-843-6879. Again, that's toll-free, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Pick. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E. Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Email me. Go to my website, OppositePicks.com. Hit the contact Scott icon and fire away. Emails, tweets, phone calls again on a glorious Friday, June 12th here on Bagels and Bad Beats with yours truly, Scott. That's why they call me Mr. Vegas. Brooks bombs away, bailing out the NBA, sleepless in Seattle, strong words in Baltimore, Astros, Red Sox, glass half-filled, half-empty. Where does all the money go? Tony Soprano, dead or alive? Who's your daddy? Literally. Uh, Uncle Jimmy comes through, and Korean baseball picks makes its debut on Bagels and Bad Beats. We'll get to all those stories again, plus your phone calls, emails, and tweets right here on a Friday, June 12th. Well, my friends, golf is back, and so is Mr. Vegas. How about that? How about that? What is it, What am I talking about? Well, if you're an LL loyal listener to the program, which is uh, now five days old, four plus, including today, uh, we gave you four golfers yesterday, okay? We gave you, uh, dare I say it, Webb Simpson, who's in next to last place at three over par. We gave you Ricky Fowler, dare I say it, next to last place or so at three over par. So, okay, we'll throw those two out like the dirty dishwater. But we gave you Jordan Spieth at 32 to one. He is sitting at minus five. And we gave you, more importantly, one Justin Rose. Yes, yours truly. Oh, we just owned golf. And there is Justin Rose tied for the lead with Kevin, uh, with Harold Varner at seven under par. It is a beautiful thing. Cha-ching, cha-ching. Now, hopefully, you guys were smart enough to bet him to have the lead after the first round. If you did, you cashed in. But at this point, you're sitting pretty as Justin Rose courtesy of yours truly, as the share of the lead, heading into today's second round for the Charles Schwab alone. It's a beautiful thing. Phone call coming up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. It is Bagels and Bad Beats on this Friday morning. Here's Billy Scott Wetzel sitting in, taking you right up, as we always do, right to 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 844-843-6879, our toll-free telephone number. Again, jot it down. Use it all the time, 844 843 
68-79. So golf has returned with the Charles Schwab Challenge down in Fort Worth, Texas. First round completed yesterday. They'll begin the second round in about two and a half hours or so. Our guy, Justin Rose, we gave you four. Hard to pick just one, so you got to go with four. And we threw out the previous two that I mentioned before the break there, Ricky Fowler. If I ever put American money on Ricky Fowler ever again, man, I, I root for the guy. Seems like a nice guy. Never heard any other golfer say anything negative about Ricky Fowler, so they all seem to like him. Looks a little goofy with that mustache, but man, he just never freaking wins. I don't know. I would never pick him to win a major, but I thought this would be a perfect spot for him. He played in that charity match a couple of weeks ago, so maybe he has a little edge over the other golfers just playing in a competitive match, you know, more recently than they have. But he, oh, he was awful. Just, just at plus three. I mean, you had every Tom, Dick, and Harry go below par yesterday, and there's Ricky Fowler at plus three. Same thing with Webb Simpson. Now, I kind of knew, I, you know, he was the uh, Cinderella pick for a number of different people. He had a couple of top five finishes, last three appearances in this tournament. He had won the Phoenix Open earlier this season before we had the break here. He had four top five, ten finishes. Uh, in his last five PGA Tour starts this year. So, you know, he was kind of the the, the simple, uh, you know, the the underdog pick for a lot of people at 25 to 1. The fact that Webb Simpson was 25 to 1 and Justin Rose was 45 to 1 tells you how many people were actually putting money on Simpson. And I don't like being with the public, point being. So we'll throw those two out. But there is Justin Rose. Bogey-free golf, seven birdies, seven under par. His odds went from 45 to 1 before the tournament began to now seven and a half to one. That's a huge drop after just one round. That is humongous. He tees off. He teed off in the morning rounds yesterday. I told you that would be an advantage for some of the golfers because it's so hot down in Texas. It was in the 90s yesterday. Hopefully it won't be so hot today because he tees off right in the midst of it at 1.55 Eastern time. So Justin Rose, though, there you go. Share with the lead with Harold Varner at seven under par. That's why you listen to Mr. Vegas. At 77 of the 148 uh, golfers finished below par, only 55 over par. 15 golfers were five under or better, the most ever for the first round in this tournament. So anybody thinking that these golfers were going to be rusty, I told you that was going to be a stupid notion yesterday, and, and it turned out to be true. I mean, why would they? It's not like they didn't golf. You heard some stories if you watched. You know, they heard a couple of golfers say they hadn't picked up clubs in a month or so. I don't I don't buy that. I, I really don't. You know, if you love a sport and you're capable of playing, even if it's just, you know, going to, uh, you know, a driving range and hitting the, a golf club, I, I doubt seriously, I really do, that these guys hadn't picked up clubs in a month. Why wouldn't they be? They would be all cooped up, you know, with the, the little lady at home or by themselves at home. Why wouldn't they just naturally go out to the driving range or go out to the local golf course and play a little bit. Is competitive? No. But to think they didn't pick up a golf club in a couple of months, I, I don't buy that for a second. So bombs away. A couple of things with the broadcast yesterday before we get to the calls. Uh, John Rahm chipped in on a birdie on par three in the eighth hole. His playing partner, Brooks Kepka. always got to say that. Uh, could be heard saying pretty effing good there. Got picked up by the broadcast. Of course, Jim Nance had to step in and say, well, we were hoping for better audio with no fans surrounding the course and apologize for anyone that may be, uh, you know, uh, uh, taken aback by the F-bomb. 
And, you know, I'm thinking, first off, it's cable TV. It wasn't CBS. It was cable TV when that occurred. And, and second off, you know, the world is falling apart at it seems, whether it's the virus, whether it's the social unrest, whether it's police officers, whether you're sick. I mean, I, I don't think you need to apologize for one F-bomb on cable TV, Jim. I, you know, he handled it eloquently, but it's, it's you know, what do you expect, really? You know, you think these guys don't swear? I mean, show me a golfer who doesn't swear, and I'll show you someone who doesn't care about golf. I mean, it's impossible. Even these great golfers, you're going to get an F-bomb here and there. Fans love it. You know, I don't know anyone that really doesn't like to hear that audio, whether it's golfers, whether it's football players. You know, that's what made the XFL. One of the few good things about the XFL was hearing the coaches and the players talk back and forth. You know, one of the, you know, the most popular segments that NFL TV has is when they mic up the guys or when they show the guys talking on the sideline. I mean, people just love that. You're, it's, it's like you're inside the huddle. You're inside their life. And that's a segment you don't generally hear. So even with golfers, it was pretty cool yesterday, you know, hearing some of the guys talk and chatter. There wasn't a whole lot, but, uh, you know, I definitely did like that. And I don't think it uh, was cumbersome by any stretch for any of the golfers. I, I you know, so except for the one F-bomb. Otherwise, it, it went pretty smoothly. But uh, good day of golf, first day in and no issues. There were some actual fans there because there was the courses surrounded by houses. And much like if you remember Wrigley Field, you know, where they had the uh, the buildings in the outfield, uh, the people would throw parties on their balconies. Same type of thing here. So you actually did hear with so few people, you know, the, the ones that were there on these balcony parties, you know, you could hear actually yelling and screaming when someone made a good uh, putt or a good shot. So it, it wasn't that that goofy. And I didn't think it would play. You know, like I said. When you watch these majors on TV, the galleries are full. But when you watch like the Greater Greensboro Open, half those holes are empty. So th this really, uh, again, I didn't think it would be any big deal. And uh, as it turned out, uh, it, it wasn't because you just look at the scores. Anyone that wants to say that it was a distraction, forget about it because the scores proved otherwise with so many people under par. So good day overall, and we'll reverse it. The people that teed off in the morning yesterday have to now tee off in the afternoon today. Trouble looming with the NBA. Uh, I tell you what, uh, you're getting more and more people that are like, eh, you know, this is not necessarily a good idea going down to Orlando for two months, and now the NBA is kind of cutting it off before it gets into a uh, snowball here, and you get a bunch of players. 22-team Orlando restart set for later next month. Uh, they're hoping to begin camps uh, July 9th through the 11th, and you know now they're sending out uh, information saying that 14 of the 22 teams are going to be eliminated after 53 days, which they make it seem like that's no big deal. 53 days, you know, that's, that's nearly two months. That's a long time. That's not exactly, I don't think, cooling people's heads on them not being there that long. Only four will remain after uh, 67 days when they get to the conference finals. So... I tell you, I already see the conspiracy stuff coming through. I would not be, if I watched the first couple of games, literally two, maybe three games of these eight regular season games, and I see teams getting crushed, I would hammer those teams with the boys in Vegas. That tells me that these players do not want to be there. And to think any team that gets walloped by double digits, game number one, two, maybe even three, is going to turn it around by games four, five, six, and seven. No, I don't think that at all. I don't think it's because they're not in game shape or anything else. I think it's because those players really don't want to be there. I, I really, I would be surprised. I see a team 
that loses by double digits a couple of times, I am going against them every single time. You're going to get clubs like this. And teams are going to be officially eliminated from playoff contention. Uh, and you think they're going to all of a sudden now start playing good basketball? No. And I'll tell you the other thing I would be doing with these games once they get underway, if they get underway, I would be betting over. Because nobody, nobody but nobody is staying in Orlando, dealing with the nonsense that they're going to have to deal with, and expect them to play some defense. You know, if you didn't get defense played in a normal regular season game without any of this stuff going on, if you think they're going down to Orlando and listening to the coaches and making the effort to play defense, no way. Bet overs. I am real curious to see when the schedule comes out what the boys in Vegas post as far as some of the over-under numbers. And I'm going to be curious to see what the numbers they post anyway. Are they just going to uh, pretend that they're not playing in Orlando and there is no home court advantage? Are they going to overcompensate for teams that have veteran players who I think have an advantage over the younger team players? Um, those lines are going to be real interesting. You know, we'll, we'll compare. Well, when they come out, we'll compare – you know, if it's, uh, you know, pick a, pick a team, you know, Milwaukee versus uh, Indiana. We'll, we'll check and see when they played, what the line was earlier this season versus what the line would be now. But I think we're going to have some monster high-scoring games because these guys are not going to be wanting to play defense because you're getting sentiment already that these guys just don't want to be there. Um, you know what? They just don't want to be there. And uh, good luck trying to get them to all of a sudden change their mind. 844-843-6879. Phone calls coming up on Vegas and Bad Beats with your truth. Scott Wetz on Friday morning. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. Bagels and Bad Beats on this Friday morning, 844-843-6879 with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time again, 844-843-6879. Talk a little golf, we got a little baseball stuff to get to with the core in the news, Alex Corey, you got the Seattle Seahawks head coach Pete Carroll saying, my bad. And uh, we got a couple of other findings, including how about a stash of baseball cards worth, I don't know, maybe almost a million dollars. And the Sopranos. Is Tony dead or alive? It's back in the news, believe it or not. And a crazy story about a couple of people switched that birth that we got to get to before we are through. 844-843-6879. To the phones we go, though. We'll start on this Friday morning with uh, Mark in Tennessee checks in. Mark, welcome to Bagels and Bad Beats. Good morning, Scott. How are you doing this morning? Can you hear me well? Because this uh, audio on my end is terrible. Is it? Yeah. No. Well, you can't hear me, or I, you, you sound clear. Oh, now that's better. Okay. Yeah, that's that's a lot better. Hey, right. so you were talking about exactly something I've been thinking about lately. These players, they say, hey, we don't want to, you know, we we don't want to play without fans in the stands. You know, probably because they don't want us to hear what they're saying. I, you know, have you ever been to the Harlem Globetrotters, Scotty? Yeah, a couple times, a few times. 
You there? Well, yeah. You can you hear me? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I've been to the. So yeah, anyway, yeah, I've been to the Harlem, uh, the Harlem Globetrotters. The so half of the half of the entertainment is you can hear them. So right. why don't these um, sports leagues tell you know let us hear what they're saying? Because everybody knows you're most interested when they're mic'd up. So it's a perfect thing for us to hear. So who was calling the fights that first night? Was it is his name Dana White? He was calling uh, the fights that first night, and, and there was no fans, and he must have commented five times. I can't believe I can hear so much. I can hear the fighters talk to the coaches. I can hear the trainers. I can hear. I think this is going to be really interesting when there's no fans, and we're going to be able to hear what the players say on the baseball field, on the basketball field, what do you th- on the basketball court. What do you think about that? Well, I, I tell you what, it would be humongously popular. I, I think people like yourself, we would love it. We absolutely would love it. But what we got yesterday is ultimately the problem. It, it's as simple as that. There's too many swear words. There's too many F-bombs. And not only are you hearing that, which may offend some people, I don't think it really would. But, you know, do I want my uh, 8, 9, 10-year-old watching golf and hearing F-bombs all over the place? Not really. So that's one issue. And then two, Joe Rogan, by the way, was the uh, UFC announcer. Um, uh, Number two is that the golfers or the players, depending on the sport, will take that as them being put in a negative light. And I don't don't think they want to show that. You know, I don't want I don't think they want to see an NBA player swearing up and down the court because he missed a free throw, you know, because while it would be great entertainment. It would make the player look bad, and I don't think the players in any of these sports want to look bad. So you have the the, the F-bomb factor, public doesn't want to hear that per se, and then the player looking bad, and the player doesn't want to look bad. So because of those two factors, I don't think you'd get it. Not on a live basis anyway. It would all have to be taped or like a segment where they can edit out the F-bombs and let people know, okay, here's what's going to go on. Because you get that a little bit in the NFL, and you get next to nothing, though. It's, it's like not even worth the aggravation. So, but overall, I would so love I, it, Mark. I would, but I don't think it's going to happen because of those two things. So would I. In fact, I think a lot of people would pay for that, that extra service. Yeah. Like during the Super Bowl, wouldn't you pay $5 extra to hear what they're saying? Heck yes, you would. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah. You know, the, many years ago, I was talking to Larry H. Miller, who was the owner before he died of the Utah Jazz, I asked him this exact same question. Why don't you let people hear what the players are saying? Like with the Harlem Globetrotters, he says, he said to me, oh yeah, that's in the players um, contract that we can't, we cannot send out on microphones. We can't set up microphones. They won't let us do that. But I would think because they could make so much money uh, selling that extra service. That's what I would do. Well, I'll tell you this, Mark. And oh, and I by the, the way. Book. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, go by ahead. the way, I was just going to let you know. Whatever Silver Future, whatever his name, I, I'm totally on your side. And a lot of us are totally on your side. That guy is up in the night. Thanks, Scott. Talk to you later. You got it, Mark. You got it. It's pertaining to something on our podcast. Um, you know, one thing NASCAR does which I've always said is pretty cool. And I'm not a, a NASCAR fan. I'm, I'm not. Appreciate what these guys do and, and all the other nonsense. But, uh, you know, I'm not going to sit here for three hours watching guys make left turns. Not going to do it. However, the one thing pertaining to this, Mark, that they do over on a three-letter network 
is they have NASCAR driver channels. So they are have a specific channel for each driver talking back to its crew, and you hear that throughout the entire race. Unabridged, no editing, F-bombs galore. Uh, and, and actually, I've listened to it just, you know, trying to find some good pieces to, to make fun of or just to make it. And they're actually pretty tame, to tell you the truth. Not nearly as bad, considering they're flying around these tracks at 200 miles an hour and their lives are on the line. I would have thought they would have been a little bit more, you know, high tempered. But it's actually pretty calm. But pertaining to what we're talking about here, NASCAR does do that. And, you know, I don't know if they make any extra money on that. But I always thought that would be pretty cool, that if I was a NASCAR geek, I would love to be able to hear that. Pick my favorite guy, you know, no matter who it is, and listen to him as he's racing around the track. That That's, you know, again, that's the one thing that NASCAR, I think, does is actually pretty cool. So it, it could be done. And you may have said it, Mark, the key may be money. You know, you tell Tom Brady, you tell, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, you tell, you know, Pat Mahomes, to pick a player that if uh, we bike you up, we'll give you an extra million dollars a game because we're going to charge five bucks. Oh, there's no doubt that they would do it. Absolutely. But that's the key. Uh, Johnny in Manhattan, who's been a regular, who has completed the uh, uh, what would be the, the, the quintuplet here. First phone caller on Monday. He is called every single day for the first entire week. So congratulations, John. You win uh, pride. John from Manhattan checks in on Bagels and Bad Beats. Yeah, good morning, Scott. How are you? Good. How are you? I guess uh, the award is a guy most desperately in need of a hobby, John from Manhattan. <laughs> yeah, that are some sleeping pills at uh, 5.30 in the morning, but that's okay. Are you up or are you staying late from the night before? Which one is it for you? Uh, I got up. Okay, good. Mark was talking about uh, playing these baseball games and, and basketball games in front of no fans. And uh, apparently the Commissioner Manfred was wondering the protocols of playing baseball games in front of no fans. So he called the New York Mets to find out how they do it. <laughs> you should have said Florida Marlins or Miami Marlins versus the Mets, but uh, I, I get it, yes. <laughs> but uh, I'm segueing uh, on the Mets because they drafted a kid that has um, beaten cancer not once but twice. So I'm always in search of a feel-good story, so that kind of made me feel nice that a kid who's on death's door, not once but twice, is now you know being drafted by the by the Mets. That's kind of a nice thing, you know. Wow, that is kind of cool. Now, that that was not their first round pick from the other day, I imagine, right? It was later on in the draft. Well, they only had five rounds. I don't know what round, so. but he must have been pretty good the because they only what round I don't know. Yeah, he only had five. They only had five rounds this year because of uh, the virus and all that other stuff. So, um, you know, they, they used a valuable pick on him. So that, that's pretty cool. That's a good feel-good story for sure. Yeah, um, his name is Eric Orze. O R Z E Orze. And it was in the final round. So whatever you said, that was round five. Yeah, that yeah, they had five rounds. Scott, are you gonna go to any games um, next season? Um, if I don't, it's not because I'm holding any grudge against the players, if that's where you're going. If if I don't, it's just because we didn't get up to Boston, you know, not being a Met or, or Yankee fan, there's no reason to go there. So, you know, locally, uh, we exclude those. So we, we generally take a trip up to Boston, like every, every couple of years, um, we go up there to watch a game. So, 
again, if, if I don't, John, it's not because I'm upset with the players, if that's where you're going. But you don't go to City Field, even though it's not that far from your house. No. You know, my father-in-law loves the Mets, and really shame on us. We haven't taken him in a, in a long time. You know, been there, but on a regular basis, no. You know, so I might go just to see if, if some team is in town and maybe to take him. But generally speaking, no, I don't go. And when you go to the game, do you put on uh, – <laughs> I'm just trying to picture you. I know you paid a bunch of money for those green monster seats a few yes. years ago. But uh, are, you the guy, are you the guy in the uh, – puts on the Red Sox jersey and the hat? Uh, I know Seinfeld has, you know, of course, a funny routine where he talks about grown men <laughs> dressing like the players, <laughs> you know, and he's just asking them why. Are you expecting, you know, Casey Stengel to point into the stands and say – Son, get in here. My, my guy just got injured. You're dressed. Get on the field. <laughs> no, there's something. Uh, you know, I, I go to football games all the time. We got we go to one giant game every year. John, and I appreciate the phone call. There, There is something. You, you just feel a little bit closer to the action. I, I don't know what it is, but when we go to giant games, we'll throw on the, the giant. My daughter's a giant fan. Uh, and my one daughter's a Bronco fan, and my son is a Jet fan. So whatever game we go to, I'm a Dolphin fan. We throw the jersey on. Baseball, um, I don't do it as much just because I don't know why. But, you know, I understand there, there is something about you throw that jersey on and you just feel a little bit closer to home. You know, if, if I was going to Fenway Park, in my case, you know, every single night would I do it? No. But the one time, it's like getting dressed up for a special occasion. So if you go once a year, once every two years, you want to get dressed up and getting dressed up for a sports fan is putting on the jersey of the fan that you like. It's, it's just a natural thing for some reason. 844-843-6879. Speaking of baseball, baseball talk coming up next on Bagels and Bad Beats on a Friday morning. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Bagels and Bad Beats on this Friday morning with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, 844-843-6879, our toll-free telephone number. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks, O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Email me, uh, go to the website, hit the contact Scott icon, and fire away. We left you with, uh, with some baseball stuff, you know. Uh, as a Red Sox fan, I fully appreciate everything Alex Cora has done, you know, bringing us the Red Sox uh, a World Series. And not a really good thing, you think about it. Uh, you know, Terry Francona, World Series, gets fired, basically, or is forced out, however you look at it. You know, John Farrell brings us a World Series, uh, gets fired. Alex Cora brings us a World Series, gets fired. You know, it's probably better off not winning a World Series if you're a Red Sox manager, as crazy as that sounds. Uh, he spoke to the four-letter network yesterday about the, you know, the scandal and stealing signs with the Astros and a little bit uh, with the Red Sox as well. And, you know, no big deal. He, he took, uh, you know, responsibility for what he did. But the one thing he wanted to point out was that uh, I am absolutely sure of it. It was not, capital letters I'm saying, 
a two-man show. We all did it. And let me be very clear that I'm not denying my responsibility because we're all responsible. Um, but we all did it. It was not just him and uh, Carlos Beltran as it's been portrayed. He kind of you know, took uh, to task the former general manager who initiated the thought that it was just a two-man show there, when in reality, at least according to Core, anyway, uh, it was not. And the issue I have with his statement is that we've yet to really, you know, uh, Jeff Lunau, we've yet to really hear exactly what happened. You know, and if I had a dollar for every time, um, you know, he said this statement, he was asked about the Red Sox video replay system because they, they were basically given a clean bill of health. You know, they may have used this one room in which they shouldn't have used, but nothing, 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 nothing anywhere close to what the Houston Astros did. And when asked about that, he stated that the report would speak for itself. And if I had a dollar for every time on a Houston Astro had made that statement, I'd be a rich man right now, and I'm not. You know, what does exactly speak for itself mean? You know, do you want us to can have conjecture? Because the, the detailed report really wasn't that detailed. You know, it, it didn't go into absolute positive specifics, which games, who did it, you know, when was it done, what players. He says everybody that was on the team from mid-May on was part of this thing. So I, I want to hear... Someone, whether it's the three-letter network, whether it's Fox, you know, pick an affiliate, MLB, I really want to have a complete sit-down. You know, even when they had A.J. Hinch talking about it, you know, he threw that out there for also. Well, let it speak for itself. And, you know, you could do, we, we don't want to delve into it. You know, they're taking responsibility, which is fine. That's, that's step one. But just really absolutely have a sit-down in which everything is brought out. And then we could have more than just speak for itself. Then we could really decipher who's responsible and who's not, who got signs, who didn't, when did it occur, when did, did they have the buzzer, didn't they have the buzzer? Because when you say it speaks for itself, you know what that tells me, honestly? That tells me that there probably was a whole hell of a lot more, but you're not going to admit that. So you're just going to go fall back on the report, which didn't say there was a buzzer. I don't think the dopes were smart enough to even realize there may have been a buzzer, to tell you the truth. I, and I honestly believe that. And I, I think Manfred and company, the, whoever did this investigation, Joe Torrey, just didn't even think about asking if there were any buzzers. So... When you say it speaks for itself, it, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. And I, I want to root for the guy. I hope he gets a second chance. I don't think the World Series are tainted with the, with the Houston Astros. I know they're not with our beloved Red Sox. But give me more than it speaks for itself. What, what does that mean? You know, was there more to it? Wasn't there more to it? So until they open up honestly on what exactly happened, how it started, who first came up with it, who was involved, how was it done, who really knew, who didn't know, then I'm not going to buy the, the, you know, their pleas for forgiveness. So until you, can't, you, can't, you can't ask for forgiveness until you actually tell us what you did wrong. And just saying stole signs to me is not that big a deal. Again, I've heard that quote a zillion times. You know, let the, the report speak for itself. No good in my book. No good at all. 844-843-6879. Marty in North Carolina checks in. What's up, Marty? How are you today, bud? What's happening, Scotty? Good morning. Long time no speak. How you been? I know you're a little bit under the weather there for a little while. 
Yeah, I had a couple of things going on, you know, with me personally. My son up in New York had coronavirus. Didn't I think he just had pneumonia, but everybody up there, if if you sneeze, they tell you you have coronavirus. Um, a few things there, a few things with the house, but you know what? It's all in the past. All is good now. Feeling better. Um, That's cool. So I threw uh, 10 bucks on Spieth yesterday, Scotty. Oh, okay. Uh, he can pay 280 if he wins. Yeah, he had good odds. 10 bucks, whatever. Yeah, it gives me a little uh, something to watch over the weekend. And I'll tell you, the kid, uh, he really turned it on in the back nine today. He was one over on the front and six under on the back. I mean, it was phenomenal. He really, his putting was crazy. It's been a long time, you know, it's been a long time, Marty, since we've seen that Jordan Spieth. You're right, I was watching that. I, I watched about uh, about an hour and a half or so of, of the broadcast yesterday uh, when the main guys were, were playing Mickelson and Rose and Spieth, and, and uh, that's the Jordan Spieth from two, three, four, th- well, three years ago, uh, not the Jordan Spieth from last year, who was just horrible. So did you put anything on Justin yeah, Rose? No, absolutely. He... no, I didn't. I just, you know what? I was looking, I went on the, this online thing that I have, and I just, I saw Spieth pop out. And I was like, you know what? He's from Texas, I think, anyway. So I was like, yeah, let me just throw a few shekels down on him and uh, see what happens. It's a good little hunch. Other guys, uh, yeah, and uh, I'll tell you, those mustaches, man. What on, is up with uh, that, huh? Fowler and Kepka. Yeah. Now, in the... You know, in the late 70s and the early 80s when, you know, we had long hair and, and the mustaches, they kind of went together. This short hair with the mustache, it's kind of creepy, man. It, it it's is. It's like creepy looking. I, I, won't, I won't say what it kind of yeah. looks like because I wouldn't want to associate uh, anyone exactly. with this person. But I, it, I know exactly what you Yeah, mean. I mean, what it just, I mean, they, you know, kept good, you know, good looking guy, well built and stuff. I mean, I don't think he would need a mustache to enhance him anymore. And, and same thing with the, uh, with Fowler. I, I mean, yeah, it just doesn't look natural. It just looks weird, right? Yeah. It, it, it's like, it, it's a creepy look. But yeah. uh, I'll tell you, Kepka, though. Kepka looked horrible, but he only played two under. I mean, if if that's his worst day of the weekend, he can pull this damn thing out. I mean, he's that good. Yeah. The only reason I didn't like Kepka, Marty, because I mentioned it yesterday during the show, is he's been talking, he's been one of the guys that's been talking about McElroy as well, about not playing the Ryder Cup if fans aren't there. So to me he he's bothered by not having this huge gallery that I guess he's grown accustomed to. So if he's not interested in playing the Ryder Cup, and I know this is not the Ryder Cup, but if he's not interested in playing the Ryder Cup just because fans aren't there, then he's got to be thrown off a little bit not having a gallery. So, you know, if, if I could take Absolutely. a little nugget and find out why a golfer is not going to do well, then I'll use it to my advantage. So, I mean, because listen, there's 30 golfers. Literally, you can pick and choose. These guys are all great nowadays. So, I, I eliminated him and McElroy from my four uh, golfers just because of those statements that those guys made. Maybe I'm making more of it than what it is. Yeah, you know, you're right. Playing horribly, he still was two under par. So, um, he might yeah. shoot great from here mm-hmm. on out. But that, that was a little concerning for me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now you were talking on the other uh, on the podcast about you wanted to get out and play a little golf. Yeah, uh, yeah. And just you're right. Just that one hit. I went out played my son today. I had a couple of you know 
when you get that ball off the sweet spot and you get, you know, right dead straight up the fairway, it doesn't even have to be off the tee. It could be your second shot. It, there's, not, there's no feeling like that. It, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I took my daughters to uh, the driving range two weeks ago. And I, I, I tell you, it, it, you're right, Marty. It, it's, a, it's a strange feeling. It, it's a strange phenomenon seeing a ball that you hit go perfectly straight, you know, 100, 150, 200, whatever it is, depending on the club you use, down the, the fairway or even in the, in the driving range. I mean, it's just like so satisfying because you know how difficult that is. Uh, it's very addicting. And, and you watch, I, I watched literally for, for two minutes. Uh, my first two minutes of watching golf yesterday, and I had this urge. Thank goodness it rained. Otherwise, maybe I would have. But I had the instant urge to just want to go play golf. There is no sport. Basketball is like I'm saying on the podcast yesterday a little bit, but I, I watch football. I don't want to go in the backyard and throw the ball around and play a game. I really don't. Hockey, I don't want to go to the local ice rink. You know, in baseball, you know, do I want to go to a batting cage? Eh, not really. But but golf, oh, absolutely. You watch two seconds of golf if you're a golfer, and man, you just can't help but want to go throughout to a golf course and, and, and shoot the ball around a little bit. You got that, brother. All right, let me let you go. You probably got other calls coming in, but uh, good talking to you. You have a great weekend, and uh, stay safe, man. All right, Mart, appreciate that. Good, good, good to hear from you again. Uh, 844-843-6879. Again, 844-843-6879. That, that is true uh, about golf. I mean, it is amazing. Uh, obviously, you have to be a golfer, but if I'm watching a baseball game, great World Series game, you know, it's all pumped up, 4-3, bottom of the ninth inning, after the game, do I want to go out to the batting cage and hit a baseball? Nah, nah not really. I'm watching a playoff football game, great game, back and forth, you know, 35-30, winning touchdown in the final seconds. Do I want to go to the backyard and throw a football around? Nah, you know, not, not really, not anything more than what I would normally do. Hockey, same thing. Basketball, a little bit. I mean, if I'm watching a good NBA game or college basketball game, um, you know, that, that the urge to go out to the backyard and, and shoot the hoop, a little bit. But, man, nothing like golf. Nothing. It, it just takes one or two golf shots. You know, the beautiful weather, maybe a gallery, although there was no gallery yesterday. But just, you know, seeing that ball, it, yeah, it, instantly. Instantly, boy, you just want to grab some clubs and, and – uh, you know, head to the local driving range or head to the local uh, course and, and shoot the ball around. It, it's uh, very, very enticing. It is. Uh, 844-843-6879. So Seahawks head coach Pete Carroll yesterday said he regretted not signing Colin Kaepernick back in 2017 when the two sides talked and there was some consideration on signing him to be a backup for Russell Wilson. Ultimately, obviously, they did not. You know, Carroll said they didn't sign him because they thought Kaepernick was a starter, not necessarily a backup. So they figured he would get a starting job somewhere else around the league. So why take that away from him? But, you know, and I'm not buying this for a second. And I don't know what urge, what urge he felt to make these, these statements. You know, they seem innocent enough. But you know what? Sometimes, uh, you know, biting your tongue is, is better off because it makes him sound stupid. Because two, one, ultimately... If he felt bad about not signing him in 2017, and he apparently still wants to get back into the league now, why don't you sign him now? If he was going to be a backup back then, you know, why couldn't he be your backup right now? If, and he throws out there that they're not going to sign him now because they like their current quarterback situation with Geno Smith. I mean, are you sitting there telling me, and I love Geno Smith at West Virginia, always throw together a, a raw deal, but are you sitting there telling me, 
that you're not going to sign Colin Kaepernick because you like Geno Smith to be your backup instead? Really? Is that all it takes for Colin Kaepernick to get bounced from your plans because you prefer Geno Smith? Wow, that's pretty weak. Here's the bottom line, though. Uh, Geno Smith's contract for this upcoming season, $1.187 million, most of it non-guaranteed. Would Colin Kaepernick sign up for a deal that's going to pay him just over a million bucks, and even that's not guaranteed? Probably not. That's what he really should say. You know, if you want to be honest about it, that's what he should say. The money we were offering, he wouldn't have signed for. I don't know why they got a with photo around with it. unique. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Bagels and Bad Beats on this Friday morning. Yours truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern Time, 844-843-6879, our toll-free telephone number. See this story from New Jersey? Baseball fan uh, James Micioni, M-I-C-I-O-N-I, Micioni, I guess, uh, sadly died in March. He was 97. So he has this huge collection of baseball memorabilia that he left for his family. It includes a Babe Ruth card from 1933. He's got some signed cards as well, including a 1933 signed Lou Gehrig card. He's got a signed Jimmy Fox baseball card as well as part of this set in which I guess the local auctioneers are going to separate into 2,000 separate lots. So, man, you talk if they're going to have 2,000 lots, can you imagine how many pieces? Because you got to figure a couple of pieces in each lot, right? I mean... Uh, those are some monster, monster cards. Who knows how much uh, they're saying the Babe Ruth card from 33 is expected to sell over $100,000. So, you know, I'm guessing this thing has got to be worth about a million bucks, right? Lou Gehrig autograph, you know, as long as it's all authenticated as I imagine it will. But, you know, just think about that for a second. This guy, this poor guy, he has been holding on to this. He was 97, right? So I'm guessing, you know, assuming he had these cards from 1933 since, you know, he you know, was basically alive back then. And, and maybe he got it when he was in his teens or 20s. So he's probably had these cards for 80 years or so, right? And then he finally sadly dies donates them, you know, wills them to his family, and the family has them for, what, three months, and they decide to sell them. I mean, this poor sap had them for 80 years, probably, and he hands them off to his family, figuring, what, they're all baseball fans, and they're going to keep them in the family, and, you know, nice collection there to show people and, you know, have, and and they have it for literally three months, and they decide, that's enough. I know Grandpa had it for, uh, you know, for 80 years, but we're going to have it for three months. We're going to get the fudge out. Wow, that's just nuts. That's sad. That's really sad.
sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com.